Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Hello and welcome to the September 2020 Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club coming to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Damien Marucci and I'm here with Dr. Michael Che, who's one of the unaccredited plastic surgery registrars at St. George Hospital in Sydney. So Michael, the first paper we're talking about is the stability of long-term outcomes in implant-based breast reconstruction and evaluation of the 12-year surgeon and patient reported outcomes in 3,489 non-irradiated and irradiated implants. This is by uh, Dr. Seth and the lead author is Dr. Cordiero. This was published in PRS in September 2020. So Michael, what was this paper about in a nutshell? This is a retrospective study looking at long-term, up to 12 years of outcome, uh, post-mastectomy, breast implant reconstructions, demonstrating their stability and comparing um, outcomes in patients who received radiation uh, to non-irradiated uh, non um, reconstruction. Yeah, it was certainly uh, an interesting premise because um, as stated, sort of the traditional teaching has been that uh, results tend to deteriorate with time with implant-based re reconstruction. And so the uh, breast reconstructive purist would argue that an autologous reconstruction is going to give you uh, a better long-term result. So can you just outline the uh, Dr. Cordiero's operative technique and the patients that he had in this study? Yes, so Dr. Cordiero's approach has been multi-stage implant reconstruction, starting with insertion of tissue expander and exchange to implant and subpectoral in, uh, implant positioning for all the patients. They were followed up up to 12 years, and they, um, he measured outcomes in three categories. Objectively, he looked at cap rate of capsular contractures using modified Baker classification. Uh, and secondly, subjectively, he gave each uh, our patients an aesthetic score uh, this was done by a single surgeon, the lead author, Dr. Cordero, out of five, uh, where the five is a good best, and also performed breast cue, a validated outcome measures looking at patient-reported outcomes from the reconstructions. So in summary, he this data series over the 12 years, 12 years collected 2,300 2, patients and 3,500 breasts. The average age of the participants were 48, and most of the patients were thin, with a BMI of 25 in average. 14% of the patients received radiotherapy, and 4% in total received radiotherapy prior to starting their reconstruction. And silicon was the most common cap, uh, implant type in this uh, case series. Overall, Dr. Cordero reports that the outcomes in all three measures, capsular contracture, aesthetic score, and breast Q patient reported outcomes, tend to stabilize over the long course of follow-ups. 
And when he did subgroup analysis between patients who received radiotherapy to non-irradiated, I'll go into these um, details now. So in terms of capsular contracture rates, patients who received radiotherapy had significantly higher rate, but this change was, um, was significant up to the first three years post-reconstruction. But after this point, it became stable over time. In terms of the aesthetic score as per surgeon, as we might have expected, bilateral reconstruction and patients who did not receive radiotherapy tended to have higher aesthetic score. Further, furthermore, the aesthetic score post-implant reconstruction decreased over time. Uh, it, this was statistically significant. However, it, this was not clinically significant. It, the differences were only at a, at a grade of about 0 0.3 to 0.4 out of 5. And so you can see it's not that much of a change. In terms of the breast Q, uh, as you might suspect, in overall outcomes, patients who did not receive radiotherapy had superior overall outcome, especially after the first year. But this, once again, stabilized over time. And this sort of trend um, goes with other aspects of the breast cue. In terms of patient satisfaction with the breast and physical well-being was higher in patients who did not receive radiotherapy. Uh, the changes were consistent up to six years post-reconstruction. Furthermore, there was no difference between the people who received radiotherapy to people who did not in terms of uh, their personal satisfaction with the outcome and their psychosocial and sexual well-being. Looking at this paper, the strengths are that this is a very large series conducted by a prominent surgeon at a very prominent center in New York, America. They had balanced analysis techniques looking at both objective and subjective measures, and they used validated um, measuring tool assessing patient um, reported outcomes. However, the weaknesses of the studies are that this is retrospective. It was performed by a single surgeon at a single center, and there could be an inherent bias in data collection, given that it was by, collected by the single surgeon and the scores, aesthetic score was given by the surgeon himself doing the operation. Furthermore, there was no mention of oncology. One of the um, things that uh, we see in clinical practice is that often the outcomes from these reconstructions can be significantly dependent on oncological outcomes in these patients as well as reconstruction. Yeah, look, um, I thought it was a very interesting paper. It certainly goes uh, against the dogma that uh, implant-based breast reconstruction uh, deteriorates with time. Uh, not surprisingly, he found that the worst outcome was for unilateral irradiated reconstructions um, because you've got sort of the double, double whammy of comparing a natural breast with a reconstructed breast with an implant, which is obviously going to give you significant asymmetry. And then on top of that, you've got the significant risk of capsular contracture, which is going to further worsen the result. And as you quite rightly point out, the results do need to be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt 
given that it's the surgeon assessing his own outcomes in one arm. And then you've also got patients, although they're doing their own uh, self-reported outcome measures using the breast cue, uh, they're aware that it's being done for the surgeon who they might like, who they might will impress, who they think they might be helping by, by giving a better score. That doesn't mean the results are to be discounted, but it's just something um, to take on board when evaluating uh, how this particular study is going gonna, is gonna to inform your practice in breast reconstruction. Um, but overall, I thought uh, it was a very good study, a very interesting study. And I think it's important to look at studies which do challenge dogmas, um, because otherwise, if you only read studies which agree 100% with what you do, you're never going to change and evolve as a surgeon. And that was a very good summary. Michael, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search Plastic Surgery Journals. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks also to the PRS Journal team for their ongoing support.